Amen. <laughs> Glory. In the kingdom, God is not far. Or you can simply say God is not far. Whatever it is. I want to read just about three scriptures. Come with me to Exodus 19. And I'll start reading from this one. And the third month when the children of Israel were going forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai, for they were departed from Raphidim, and were come to the desert of Sinai, and pitched in the wilderness, and yet Israel came before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thou shalt thou say to the children of the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. What is the meaning of this? House of Jacob and children of Israel. Are they different people? Hallelujah. Are they different people? There is always a Jacob in a man before he becomes Israel. Is that alright? And at the end of the day, God will always want to identify with you based on your new states. Not on your former state. He was first Jacob, then he became what? Israel. Are you following me? Now every one of us have a Jacob. I'm sure you know that. There is the deceptive and the craftiness in the heart of every man. So every man has a Jacob. But God is bringing us from the realm of Jacob to the realm of what? Of Israel. Is that okay? And that is what God will know you by at the end of the day. He's not going to be knowing you as Jacob. He will change your name from Jacob to what? To Israel. But there is a Jacob in you. I'm sure you know. Because if God has not been helping you, you can even cheat your own flesh. <laughs> Glory to God. You can do it without thinking. Huh? <laughs> Where you... <laughs> Let's leave that. Hallelujah. It's funny. But you know what I'm talking about? That a husband can cheat a wife, a wife can cheat a husband when it comes to financial issues. Huh? That's Jacob. That's Jacob. Am I talking? <laughs> when, when a woman will demand money and the thing is less than what he wants. That's Jacob working. He listening. And sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes you say, well, please, you listen. Some men are not honest. Sometimes too, the way we behave makes our people to become dishonest. But even in the midst of that dishonesty, God still has to help us because we can become complete Jacob. Where you will never, never open up at any time in your life. But God will still have to see us through. Is that okay? So Jacob had his supplanters. Don't supplant anybody. You are not Israel. Hallelujah. The next thing he says, you have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. On the line that I brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you obey my voice indeed and keep my commandment or covenant, then it shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine. And it shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. I have come to speak the same thing to you this morning. Glory to God. The first thing I want you to understand is that I brought you out of Egypt unto myself. I didn't bring you and take you up. I brought you from the land of captivity unto myself, unto a person, not unto up. I didn't bring you to take you up. 
Hallelujah. There are some things we are going to analyze, but I want you to have that at the back of your mind that will progress. John 14. Because I don't intend to to waste so much time. John 14. Are we there in John 14? Verse 1 to 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If you do not so, I will have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto what? That where I am, you may be there also. It's to a person. God never redeems the people to take them out of this world. He redeems the people to himself. Hallelujah. Just for the case of those who do not understand, Jesus, what he's saying, was going to prepare a place in terms of a building. Just for the benefit of those who are not used to this kind of message. He said, in my father's house, that means the mansions are already there in the father's house. In my father's house are many mansions. That is a reported speech. He didn't say he was going to go and build mansions. Stop deceiving yourself. You have no mansion anywhere. He brought you out of the world unto himself. Of course, we can say he brought us into a realm of relationship. But the truth again is not because God needed anybody to have a relationship with. Because he's the all-sufficient God. Ever before he made man, he was existing. Am I talking to somebody now? So it's not actually that God needed man to have fellowship with. You see, there are certain things we've come to see that I'm, I'm looking at and they are, I don't know. I don't know if they are helping me to understand better or, I mean, maybe I'm big. Let me know if I'm not trying to be critical, but it's like I'm deviating from some of the things that, in quote, we used to know. Is that alright? Let me ask this question, just in passing. Because you see, he said, well, he said if you obey my voice. Is that alright? And we know one of the things that made them to leave the garden was the voice of the serpent. Am I talking? Alright. So if you obey my voice, we'll come back into that same relationship. Now there is something Maxwell also said that is important. As he was talking, the same minister to me. You know something? Integrity actually means speaking out what actually is the real thing. If you are fault, you are fault. Admit you are fault. Is that alright? Now tell me this. Why do you think God drove Adam and Eve out of the garden? Fine. On whose part? On the part of Adam. Because the truth is the woman admitted. And the man said, it is the woman you gave to me. And God said, you get out here because you are a liar. And the woman followed him. You said the woman sinned. And I, no, 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 no. The point is the woman admitted I sinned. Serpent made me to do it, sir. I'm sorry. Adam, Adam said, no, the woman you gave to me, he refused to admit and God said, you are a wicked man. Get out of this place. And the woman said, that you can't go alone there. I'll follow you. So the woman was not driven. It was the man that was driven. And the woman followed. Because the woman was already forgiven for accepting that he did it. That's integrity. Huh? Adam, you have eaten. Instead of admitting you ate, he says he's a woman. By implication, you are trying to be saying, I'm innocent, sir. And you ate. So you get out, you are a wicked man. 
See what I'm saying? The voice. I just decided to give you that so that you can think. Sometimes when something goes wrong and you are confronted, admit it. That will resolve the issue. It will deliver you. Hallelujah. You know, there are many, many, many things we have believed that are not really working. They are just religious things. Religious things. Fantastic oratory on the pulpit. Taking us away far from God. Just like we can believe in two things like mansion. As if God dwells in temple, be with hands. And something is up there that you go and hear it one day. Amen. Your hopes are going to be shattered when you get up there, if at all. You find no mansion. Because you are that mansion. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at just First Peter chapter 3 verse 18. First Peter 3 18. For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by what? By the Spirit. To bring us to God. That means we were far from God. We were estranged from God. We are like foreigners before God. Even though God was supposed to be our father. Jesus just came to bring us back to him. To a person, not to a location. To a person. Redemption, restoration is to a person, not to a location. I mean, up there in the sky. No. But I want to make you see, if you have to be restored, if you have to be brought back, it means something actually really happened and the mediator came and brought you back to that relationship. Is that alright? You will say, where is the voice? Now, what does the voice do when you hear the voice? It's an information. Is that alright? And every information will create impact in the heart of the hearers. The ears will pick it, but it settles in the heart. Glory to God. And once a thing settles in the heart, it will take the grace of God for that thing to be erased. Especially if it's a thing that is not going to work for your good. That is why you must take heed how you hear. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1. Are you there? Let's look at verse 21. And you that were sometimes alienated as enemies in where? In your mind by wicked works. Yet now had he reconciled. You were enemies were in your mind and in your heart. Hey. So if you have to come back to God. How do you come back to God? In your mind and in your heart. That's why Jesus said, Believe ye the gospel. Another voice is not coming to you. Different from the voice you had that separated you in the garden. Listen, you don't, God didn't call you enemies. You said you are an enemy. By the way you think about God. Hallelujah. In your thoughts and actions, you are an enemy. God didn't call you an enemy. 
you constitute yourself an enemy by the voice you listen to, by the things you do, by the things you act out. That is why you are an enemy of God. God came to reconcile you through your thoughts and your mind. Glory to God. So who is far from God? He's a man that is not having the thoughts of God. He's a man that does not have the mind of God. He is the enemy of God. And he's the one that is far away from God. Far away from God. Listen to me. You can be in what you call church and still be an enemy of God. Because you are still far away in your thoughts. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at the prodigal son. He went away doing all that he was doing. Hmm? Amen. And the Bible said when he came to his mind, he got a revelation, just like you said. He got an awareness. and said, no, no, no. Even my father had not driven me. I went away. And I started thinking that I am a prodigal son. To God, he's not a prodigal son. To the father, he's not a prodigal son. In fact, he's been praying, let my son come back home. Who can go and tell him that I have not driven him? I still love him. That is the gospel. Just go to the wall and tell them, God still loves you. Amen? Now, by the way, is love an attribute of God? It's not an attribute of God. God is love. God is love. It's not an attribute. It's a person. So love is the calling forth His people. That is all you need to go and tell the people. God loves you. Stop thinking in your mind that God hates you. Stop thinking in your mind that God sees you as an enemy. God doesn't see you as an enemy. It is in your thought and in your mind that you feel you are an enemy of God. And God is crying. That's why he's sending out preachers, sending out evangelists, sending out people, going into the and tell them, let them come back home. That's why the Bible says we call the minister of what? Of reconciliation. So repentance is a thing of the heart and of the mind. Amen? So you can be carrying what they call book here. And you are still an enemy of God. Because in your thoughts, you have not yet reconciled to the Father. I brought you out of Egypt. And I brought you unto myself. And I'm going to show you what this rethinking, if you wish. Because actually the word repent means to have a rethink. I will make you understand when you truly repent, what will happen. Glory to God. And so, go to Ephesians chapter 4. <laughs> you will alienate it in your heart and in your mind. Foreigners, just by the way you think. Hey, God help us. Ephesians 4, 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that he has for walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Verse 18. Having the understanding darkened, being what? 
alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Check out those things. An unbeliever is not a man that does not carry the Bible. Because he said, the Gentiles walk. What he's saying, the Gentiles does not have the mind of God. They don't think as God is thinking. So an unbeliever is a man that does not yet have the mind of God. So you can become an unbelieving believer. You think or you claim to be a believer, but in the true sense you are what? An unbeliever. We're talking about the ignorance that in their mind, the blindness of their hearts. They can't see the light of the glory of gospel. They can't understand what God came to do. They can't understand that they have been called from afar off. They can't understand that by reason of the Holy Spirit, He has beckoned to us, He has convicted us, He has drawn us unto Himself, and now we are in a relationship with Him. They can't understand that. And just like we're saying on Friday, so when you pray, you pray to the God that is far away. Hmm? The God that is up there in the heavens. There are some things I just can't say now. Because the church is still dull of hearing. And I don't mean this local assembly. I mean the body of Christ. is still dull of hearing. There are some things of the truth we can't even say now. Hallelujah. The blindness and the ignorance of the heart. The blindness and the ignorance of the heart and mind. That is what makes it difficult for you to assess who God is. And to know that you have been pardoned, you have been forgiven, and God is in fellowship with you already. Those are the things that makes it difficult for you to know God, that God is truly saying, I've given birth to you. Hallelujah. Now, here it is. I told us something here some time ago. How long have you existed? You remember that? You think when you were born some 50 years ago, some 20 years ago, that's when you were born? When do you think God started knowing you? Amen. So it's just that you didn't know yourself. It is you that didn't know yourself, but God knows you even before you came into this world. You have always been existing in the spirit, moving in the spirit. And God have a time and I said, I'm going to release you from the realm of spirit at a point in time in human history to do an assignment for me and come back to me in spirit form. That is why you don't play with your 70 years or 100 years of existence. It matters so much to God because he sent you here for an assignment. That's why I could tell, text, speak to Jeremiah and say, even in your mother, before I formed you, I knew you and I called you as what? As a prophet. By implication, I'm sending you into the world to be what? A prophet. That means you have an assignment, man. Before you came in here, you have already been existing. For in him, we have, you see, Psalm 91 said, that have been our dwelling place. From time in memory, we've been with God. That's when Job could not understand certain things that was happening. Because he allowed Satan to touch him. And Job was kind of getting confused. Saying, hey, who is it with darkened understanding? Where were you? When I laid the foundation of the wall, it's like you wondered away. You should be able to know that this plan was on the agenda when I laid the foundation. Where were you? 
Were you not there when I was planning all these things in spirit with me? And I said, time comes, it's Satan, we come and do this so that I can prove a point in human history. Where were you? Why are you getting confused? We have always been with him. We lost our consciousness when we came into the flesh. Now the Holy Ghost comes. He's saying he will teach you all things. He's not talking about the thing he told them. He's talking about the thing that have always been. Luke said, have a perfect understanding of all that. All the perfect understanding. How did he get it? Moses wrote the book. He was not the one God created. How did he write the book? How did he know God said, let there be light? And Moses was not there. That's bringing to your remembrance. You should begin to be knowing now where you came from. <laughs> it is. It should be personal to you. Because you have always existed before you came in here. Your 100 years is not your existence. Is that alright? It just... It just, it's just a cause. Yeah, it's just a cause in the scheme of things about your entire life. <laughs> Glory to God. You know what it means to me, God of yesterday, today, and forever? It means the God I was walking with before I came in now, and the God I walk with when I live here. Are you catching this? Chendu, are you in the picture? <laughs> You existed, God of yesterday. You existed, God of today. God of tomorrow, you will always be with Him. Yesterday, today, and forever. I'm always with you. That's what He said. Always. Till the end of the age. For every age, He's there. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, there are some things that will come to your spirit when they hit you, when you are sleeping. Man, hey, hey, nothing wakes you up. Because you know you are existing in Him. You know that He is with you. You know and you know. It's not only a matter of saying, Hey, angels, stand here, stand here. They will always be there. Hey, hey, they will always be there. If you remove that, it's to prove a point. Just like you remove the earth from Job to prove a point. Why are you worried? Hallelujah. Back to Exodus 19. Verse 5. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my commandment, then shall it be peculiar treasure unto me, above all people, for all the earth is mine. And it shall be a kingdom, I mean, unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. You shall be a kingdom of priests. You know what that means? It's a priestly order that, you see, the priests are the people that are set apart to reveal the mind of God and to minister to the rest of the people. So, if the church is a kingdom of priests, what God is saying, I've taken to myself, I've commissioned you, that you become a priest to me, to the rest of the people. You go out and do the work of a priestly order in the realm of the nations. Only the priests are qualified to serve God. You first serve God before you serve the people. See, you know what we do? We serve the people before we serve God. Hello? 
I think in Exodus 44, God was talking about this group of people. Talking about the children of Zadok and talking about the Levites who did not stay in their place. And he told them, you will never have access to the holy place. You are going to be on the outer court. You are going to be serving the people, killing the animals, burning the burnt offering. But you won't come in here. Only the children of Zadok will come in here to share fellowship with me and go out and minister to the people. The priests are meant to hear from God and speak the mind of God to the people. Why is the world the way it is? It is because the church is not functioning as a priest. One of the main reasons of the priesthood is intercession. The high priest intercedes for the people by reason of the sacrifices. Where is the church today? We don't intercede for reconciliation of the world. We rather pray that they die. How do you explain the people? Some of us don't understand that the words we speak, they have impact in the realm of spirit and they can do a lot of things. Can you imagine Elijah simply say, Dear came up and eat up this for the two young men who sit and bow head and the dear really responded. Am I talking to somebody here? That the words of the church who truly understand their position are so effectual, they are so governmental in authority that anything they declare, it makes effect in the spirit realm and it lands upon any nation they are talking about. We pray callous prayers without minding the effect of the prayers that we pray. And one of the reasons because we are still alienated in our heart. One of the major reasons is because we don't see as God sees. In the first place, God is not seeing a condemned wall. God sees a redeemed wall. That is not yet aware that they are redeemed. Am I talking to somebody do you know what it really means when the Bible says if your eye is single, your whole body shall be full of light? Single to the cause, to the plan and the purposes of God. So that you don't see two gods in the world. Hmm? One of my friends made a statement in the U.S., Roy Kennedy. I love what he said. He said, listen to me. Whether you call it capital G or small g, it is still going to be pronounced God. Hallelujah. We have made this separation without understanding that God is actually in control of the universe. So our eyes is not single. Therefore our whole body is not full of light. We see God walking. We see Satan walking. God bless us. God kills Satan. Are you following what I'm talking about? And in all of this, Satan refused to die. Because he got a good business here. Amen. Sorry to say that. The Bible says he's the father of all spirits. Is Satan a spirit? So who created him? And for what? Fine. I created the waste that are blowing fire on the coats. Hmm? That man is an instrument, man. Don't look for God's trouble lest he release him. Otherwise, he's on his own. I told you, yeah, that man is on his own. He's not looking for you. You are just alienated and things are difficult for you and you are just accusing the man. Listen, you are becoming the accuser of the brethren. Hallelujah. I will show you what I'm trying to say here. So, we are supposed to be priests, ministering, interceding, reconciling, bringing the people back unto the Father. The major purpose of Israel as a nation was to disciple the rest of the nation. That is why they were a kingdom. 
Amen? That is why they were a kingdom. So if we be a kingdom, what is our function? We are priestly to the rest of the people. If you begin to act contrary to that, my friend, I tell you something, you have not yet discovered who you truly are. You're born again, you are called as a priest to bring in other people to intercede for them. These people who are ignorant, they don't know what they are doing. In fact, they are bastardized by the blindness that is in their heart. It is your role to bring them back unto who? Unto the Father. Kingdom of priests. Let me just move on. Amen? When he say a holy nation, means set apart to preserve the knowledge and the worship of God. To preserve the knowledge and the worship of God. That's why we're a holy nation. Even like Peter said. In other words, when men want to see us, they want to recognize the God in heaven. They want to see our lifestyle. They want to see the kind of knowledge that we have. Somebody asked me as a question. I said, Pastor, why did Naaman carry the soil of Israel when he was going back home to Syria? So that's a good question. Because he discovered another God in the life of Elisha and this God of Elijah is worthy to be worshipped. He took the oil, the soil, to go back home to Syria and erect an altar to Jehovah. And I'm convinced for the rest of his life he was worshipping God and not the God of the Assyrians. That's why he carried the soil. Because then, soil was the thing that we used for making uh, altars. When will you reveal God to people so that they will come in and say, we will serve your God with you? When will your activities portray the true knowledge of God? So that those around you, their lifestyle, their thinking will begin to change to say, well, there is the need to serve this God. This God is clean his needs. Hmm? I remember my brother, Omole, some years back. There was this man that came to the wife's store and said we are the Luciferian order and we realize that in the spirit you are really disturbing us so we want you to leave us because within this coast we are in charge of the West Africa. He brought the complimentary card. And so when Amole came in, I said, what is this? Say a man came and dropped this card. And then it, they told the man, it's not around but you can check the wife's store. Because then the wife has a book where they sell food. So the man came in there. And I'm going to look at him and say, hey, you are happy to identify with Luciferian order. Look at your dress, very dirty, your shoes gone. So you look too poor to serve that kind of person. Come on, give him food to eat. This man needs help. The man said, I can't eat. Say, you better eat because the God you are serving can't provide. But my God can do what? Can provide. He said, David, I didn't pray because I don't need to pray for things like that. This man needs help, that's all. Are you following what I'm talking about? When will men see the God you are serving? We're talking of preserving knowledge and true worship. That's why you're a holy nation. True worship, not like any other man. Not like bar worshippers. Maybe I want to make you understand why God had to answer by fire. He didn't answer by fire to keep people. The fire did not keep people. The fire consumed the sacrifice. He didn't keep people. You see, you don't read your Bible. When the fire came, he consumed the sacrifice that had water on it. He didn't touch a human being. It was Elijah that commanded that the prophet of Baal should be killed. It was not the fire of God that killed him. Stop following nonsense, church! 
And I'll make you see why he has to answer by fire. Maybe on Wednesday. In the course of school of Timothy, we'll discuss that. Is that okay? You like that? Do you even realize that Elijah, do you, do you know why he was waiting? Because there was a timing for God to answer. So all those times I was saying, keep on praying. He knows what he was doing. He was waiting for the timing. We talk that fully. <laughs> Hallelujah. I brought it to myself. So what do you need to understand? Like I said, they were brought into a person, a realm of liberty, into a covenant and communion with God. So that from this point, this standpoint of relationship, provision, grace, love, mercy, justice will begin to minister to the people. When you come to that place, the justice you can't find in the world, you begin to find in God. The love you can't find in the world, you begin to find in God. Am I talking to somebody here? The grace you need to do things that was not there will begin to flow into your life. That is what we are saying. That is what we are talking about. That is what it means to come back to the Father. Grace will just be coming because you are in union with Him. I brought you to myself. Hmm? You begin to experience Him. Experience all that is supposed to be His nature. Mercy. Justice. Loving kindness. You be compassion. You begin to experience all of these things which you can't find from human beings. Which you can't find from the world. Hallelujah. He was brought to a person. They were brought to a person. Let me show you something. Deuteronomy 28. He said, if you could keep my voice, keep my commandments, then you shall be a kingdom of priests unto me and a holy nation. And when they begin to keep the covenant and listen to his voice, what is supposed to happen? Hear this? Deuteronomy 28. And it shall come to pass, verse 1, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I commanded this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee what? On high above all nations of the earth. You must understand something. God is not actually dealing with individuals per se. He's dealing with nations. So he's using nations to confront nations. Go here into the world, into the nations, and preach the gospel. Can you understand what I'm trying to say there? Even when Jesus gave the commandment, it is in regards to what? To nations. In Psalm 2, ask me of all what? The nations. I'll give them to you for what? For an inheritance. God is not just dealing with individuals. He's dealing with a kingdom setting. It has to do with a group of people that are coming to an awareness and a realization of who he is. Let me tell you something here. Authoritatively this morning, with the authority and the grace of God, by the time we begin to see ourselves as a kingdom people, there are some things that we don't need to fight and pray for. They will just become ours individually. will be collecting what is due them in this kingdom. Because it's no longer your grace. It's not a corporate grace. When he said, I will set you up, he wasn't talking to one man. He was saying, every Israelite, every Israelite, as long as you are in the kingdom, I will set you up. That is why there is a corporate grace that you can work with 
Some of you have succeeded not because you can pray very well. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Please understand this. I will set you up. Listen, God can literally set us up in this city, in this nation, and across the world because of our belief system. So that God is God, that wherever you go, you are succeeding. You are just succeeding. People are wondering how. It is just a corporate grace because of your belief. That's why wherever an Israelite or a Jewish person is, there is success for that person. Anywhere in the world. Because of this word. I will set you up. Not you struggling to become set up. I will set you up. Above. That's how our thinking must come to the place of, hey man, please don't be alienated in your mind. You must know. That this God we are serving is right here with us. is working with us. When the covenant with him, he brought us to himself. Not to a location. Not a geographical setting. He brought us to a person. Hey, come on. Are you catching this? <laughs> Amen. I will set you up. All of you. I will set you up. Above all nations. Above all powers. Above all principalities. Above all demonic forces. I will set you up. <laughs> because you hear the voice. Because you are listening to the voice. Because you can follow the covenant that he has made with you. God makes covenant with fathers. He makes covenant with people. For a reason. Hallelujah. And look at verse 2. All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. Overtake thee. Something is coming to overtake you. That is to say you don't have enough speed to stop yourself. I mean to outrun what is overtaking you. Something is to overtake you. What is supposed to be overtaking you is what you are torn around now and looking for. You are begging for things that are supposed to overtake you. Why? Because you have not been able to fit into the kingdom setting so that the grace of God's pronouncement will be released on your life. Hallelujah. The truth is there are some things I don't pray for for quite some time now. There are some things that are not perfect. I try to position myself so that those things will come. Hmm? You know, you know, you know the Bokadnezad issue? How Daniel rose, you know the story? Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, isn't it? Amen. But when he came to the sun, he gave the dream to now Daniel. We didn't want Daniel to be bothered again to begin to ask him. He now gave him the dream. So it was Daniel and I finally got the dream in Daniel 7 to go and tell the king. Frequency change. Because the guy was properly positioned. And so Daniel had to serve through a whole four kings in those nations. From every king, they were always inviting him, come and serve. Next king, come and serve. Next king. What kind of prayer do you think Daniel will pray for? Pray for properties? I will set you up. How God will do it, you don't know. 
But he can do a thing to cause you to be set up. That men will literally submit to it. Hey, the Lord of Medicine something to me a few days. He said, the issue of Cyrus is always a, a terrible thing in my spirit. You know what? When he said, I will open the gates and I will bring to you the treasures of darkness. People jump and say, treasures of darkness. and They take that as a theme for conferences and then treasure. You know, maybe they want to do something. You know what he's trying to say there? As long as you stand to fulfill my job in laying the foundation of the temple and building the wall of Jerusalem and bringing all the Jews that are scattered back to Jerusalem, I will open to you the treasures of darkness. In other words, the resources for you to do the job, I'm going to bring it. But we use that for prayer conference. We want to kill devils. God is only trying to test arrows. As long as you can do this assignment, that is to say, if you are on your assignment, resources will not be a problem. Come on, help me here. If you are an assignment that God gave to you, resources can never be your problem. He will open the treasures of darkness for your sake. Because you are there for an assignment. So all you need to get money is to find the thing God wants you to do. And the money will come. He said, this thing will come and do what? Overtake you. But I really want to plead with you this day that you have your mindset to live within the confine, as it were, of this corporate understanding, even in a local setting. Is that okay? Come on, am I talking to somebody? The truth is, I'm here to see the magnitude of what God intends us to fulfill in this nation, even in this continent or in the world. I'm here to see it clearly. I can't begin to tell you, oh, God told me this. I'm here to see it. But one thing I'm saying is this. The more we walk, the more things are unveiling to us. One of the reasons God doesn't show you the end of the issue is because sometimes along the line, there are obstacles he placed there. And if you see the obstacles, you will run. Is that alright? That's why when he was taken there from... From, from, from Israel, he has to go around. It's because when you see war, you will go back. But I want to take you over there. So it doesn't show you the end. He knows the end, but it doesn't show you the end of your vision most times. People think they know everything about their vision. I don't think so. That's why I see Kenny moving from one ministry to the other. If he, if he had known all about his ministry, how can he come from teaching to pastoring to order? No, man. As you are going on, he takes you step by step. He says, he ordered the footstep of the righteous. He is the one that orders it. The footstep. As you are walking, he orders it. Why not you keep your mind in this thing? Why not you come and say, God has a business with us? Why not you see yourself united? Why not you see? The Bible says, be ye in one mind. Because, see, unity is not the same thing as uniformity. For us to show the same dress in this place doesn't make us one. That people have the same uniform in the secondary school doesn't mean they are all acting in the same manner. That is uniformity. But I'm talking of unity of the spirit. Hallelujah. But we say, the oil... From the head of Aaron, run to the garment. How? But you see, skirts that refuse to stay under Aaron, the oil will not enter there. Am I talking? <laughs> Am I still correct? Yes. For you to get the oil, you have to be under the skirt of Aaron. Am I right? 
Watch that. You need oil? Yes. It must run through somebody's head. But if that oil must touch you, you have to be under the garment. Otherwise, forget yourself. So that when this grace is flowing, don't be wondering. Why are some people? Is the thoughts? Is the mind? Some of you are far off from what God is doing. I'm asking you to come back home. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? Okay. Let's see after run of this. Romans 10. I think we should be true with this. That's good enough. Romans 10 now. Hallelujah. Let's start reading from verse 3. For they be ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. What actually is God's righteousness? Ha ha! So then they believe. Abraham believed. And it was counted to him for what? For righteousness. Watch this. See, I want you to see the difference. Though one, between what we have just read in the Old Testament and the New. Verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law. That the man which dwell those things shall live by them. Watch that. Remember what we read in Deuteronomy? Say not in the heart. Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. <laughs> or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The world is nigh thee. Even where? In thy mouth. That fine. And where? In the heart. That is the word of faith which we do what? We preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confesseth is made unto what? Unto salvation. Now what's in verse 11? For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be what? The word ashamed there, it means to shame, to bring down, to disgrace, or to put to blood, to confound, to dishonor. It means you can't be embarrassed in life when you really know in your heart the Lord is with me. It is not by keeping some laws. It is not by keeping some rules. If you can come to that awareness, God is not far. I am in Him. He is in me. He invited me to Himself. He has redeemed me. You shall not be put to shame. And when you check around, there are many things that can make you to be ashamed. But God said, you will not be put to shame. So why are we still being put to shame? We are yet to believe that he lives. That's why in the book of Hebrews it says, He that come to the Lord must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He that come to the Lord must believe that he's existing now. For in him we live and move and have our being. We must know that we are one with him. That there might be one, oh Father, even as we are one. Oneness! And when Theologos preached this, at almost the end of his ministry, if I may use the word, 
people said he's preaching heresy. Because he told them Jesus didn't come to do anything in the world. That I've done all this evangelism, I've done all the preaching I've done. See, but the key thing Jesus came to do is to make us one with God. And people say he's preaching heresy. But he's a father already in the faith in the world. He's seen greater light. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? You must know that you are with him. With that, you will not be put to shame. Anywhere, anytime. Anywhere, anytime, any season. You must come to that awareness. And I tell you the truth, you will not be put to shame. Nothing will embarrass you. Nothing will confuse you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because you have come unto him, not to a location. You came to the Father. And you must believe in your heart that he is. Is your God alive? It's enough to say my Lord is alive and yet not believe that he's alive. Amen. We sing it. The Lord is alive. But yet we don't believe that he's alive. That is why we are put to shame. That's why things can still be embarrassing us. That's why all manner of things are there confounding us. Making us to blush in the face. Showing blue color. Huh? When anger comes up another, you know your face is changing. You don't, you don't see because you are dark. But get a white man gets angry. When the veins begin to receive pumping of blood, your face changes. Then you know that this guy is into something. But the black man, his skin is covering the anger inside. Eh? Are you following what I'm talking about now? No, you must know that God is with you. I want you to understand this today. We are brought, listen to me. What I say? Say, in the kingdom, God is not far. Even if you want to say, go to the hell. Do you know something? God even doesn't take you to hell. You take yourself to hell. Remember, see what the Bible says. David said, if I make my bed in hell. He didn't say God told him to make it. He is the one to go and make his bed in hell. Say, God is still there. If I make my bed in hell. Some of us make our bed in hell. But even though we chose to make our bed in hell, God still comes. So where do you think you'll be now that God is not with you? But this understanding is not in every man. It's just not in every man. But I come this morning to declare this to you. God is saying, you shall not be put to shame. That he called you to himself. And that he's going to reward you exceedingly. Even above all that you can ever ask or think. Life is good. I say life is good. Let's live it. Life is good because God is alive. Hallelujah.